Hi, I'm Amy Porter, and this is my podcast. My mission is to show people how to empower themselves through music, business, and media. I try to see as clearly as possible how I can help. I showcase the music that I've played and the people I've met along the way. I'm a wife and a stepmom. You might know me as a professor, a performer, a producer, a publisher, a recording artist. I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. Welcome in to my Porter Flute Pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. It's story time in this holiday season, and I have a great storyteller for you. It's someone I absolutely adore as a human being. Literally, she's like someone you love because she represents Mother Earth, human compassion, and she even attracts the love of the wildest animals of the earth as their human friend. Who is this generous, magnanimous, awe-inspiring, and benevolent being? You might know her as the editor-in-chief of Flute View Magazine, or as host of the Flute View Podcast, or a performer, or as a TV celebrity. Today, our storyteller is Viviana Guzman. Also with us in the pod, excited to hear all these stories, are Justine Sedke and Alan J. Tomasetti. I went to the vault from when she was the guest at my Anatomy of Sound workshop in 2017, and I found the clip of us performing Gary Shocker's Danger High Voltage for Two Flutes and Piano with pianist Justin Snyder. Here's the movement called Don't Touch. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. I'm so happy you're here. I'm just so excited. Described by the New York Times as an imaginative artist, Chilean-born Viviana Guzman performs over 80 concerts a year throughout the world and has performed in 133 countries. Her latest album, Traveling Sonata, received a Grammy nomination for Best Producer. Her album, Song of the Whale, was a gold winner at the Global Music Awards. Viviana has presented three TED Talks. She's been featured on programs for PBS, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Good Morning America, and NPR, and seen on the cover of Latina Style Magazine and in Cosmopolitan and Espanol. Having started musical training at the age of five, by age 15, she had played as a flute soloist with orchestra, studied with Jean-Pierre Rampal and was featured on NBC's nationally televised John Denver's music special. I think I remember that. Her YouTube channel boasts 3 million views. Viviana Guzman is currently teaching flute at the University of California in Santa Cruz. Listen to some spectacular stories from this beautiful woman we all know and love. Hi, Viviana. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. Hello. It's so nice to be here. So nice to see you. It's always just such an honor to be with Amy Porter. Oh, that's very kind. Well, 
I think we just need to give a little background of how we met because that really made me feel like I needed to be around Viviana Guzman. I remember being in Kansas City. Was it Kansas City? I think it was. And I was in one of those moments where I didn't want to be around people. And yet I was around 4,000 people. And it was at the NFA convention. And so I got some lunch from a deli and I sat on the stairs of this banquet hall, I think. I don't even like know. A spiral staircase, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, or and you came and sat down at the other side of the staircase, same stair. <laughs> and it was And the- I thought I was completely alone there too. I think I know. Isn't that funny? We- we're both, I guess, uh, avoiding avoiding everything. Mm-hmm. And we were both in a similar space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how we met. This is part of my podcast platform. It's called Storytime. If anybody can tell a story, it's you. And every time <laughs> you tell me part of your life, I just am intrigued more and more. And then when you do things like swim with the whales and it hits CNN, I'm intrigued even more. So we're going to meet you today through stories, <laughs> if that's okay. Now, we have to start from the beginning, where you were born and how you had a medical condition. And I want, to, I want you to tell your story of moving to the United States and the angel of the flute that helped you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for asking. So, in case you didn't know my story, I was born in Chile, in Concepcion, which was a small town back then. And I, um, when I was one years old, my mother noticed that I was not walking. And she took me to the doctor. The doctor said, she's just slow. At a year and a half, I still wasn't walking. And she took me to another doctor. And the doctor said, she has this condition. She will never walk. It's called congenital bilateral hip dislocation a normal hip socket has the acetabulum that sort of hovers over the femur and in my case i had no acetabulum whatsoever making it impossible for me to walk so my mother freaked out as any mother would and took me to santiago and the doctor said there she's never going to walk so my father and my mother, they decided to uproot the family and with $2,000, two suitcases and their $2, two daughters, they uprooted the family. They left their home, their friends, their, their parents, everybody, everything, and just transported themselves to San Francisco, California, in the Bay Area, and checked me into Stanford Hospital, where where I underwent 11 major surgeries. So I grew up in a body cast from my armpits down to my ankles, which meant that I couldn't walk at all. I couldn't move at all. So I couldn't play at all. But If they flipped me over on the hospital gurney where I lived, I could play the piano. So to this day, I say that music healed my life. 
And it really, 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 really did. I mean, it just, it was, it was my solace. It was how I could express myself. It was, it just became everything, my comfort. And because I had so much time in this body cast, I became a really good pianist really quickly. And I ended up, uh, when I was seven years old, I also played the accordion. My mom was an accordionist and pianist, and she toured all over South America. And she was my music teacher. When I was seven years old, I entered a competition at the local pizza parlor. And and I ended up winning this competition, playing the accordion, playing a tango. So I got free pizza for an entire year, which for a seven-year-old was, I had hit the jackpot. (laughs) But the the funniest thing, though, is that I always wanted to play the flute. I mean, even when I was five and I started the piano, I said, Mom, I want to play the flute. When I was seven, when I, when I was playing the accordion, Mom, I really, Mama, Mama, quiero tocar la flauta. I had heard uh, this beautiful sound on the radio. And I said, Mom, Mama, quiero tocar la flauta. I want to play. I want to play that instrument. I want to study with whoever's playing. I I want to travel the world playing the flute. And that's when immediately she started me on the clarinet lessons. <laughs> because the neighbor next door had a clarinet. And it was free and, you know, whatever. So I had a clarinet when I was nine. Finally, my dream came true when I was around 10. And I got my hands on my on the first flute. And from then on, I had had so much musical training that uh, I I was I became principal flute of the Houston Youth Symphony Orchestra. And they had a concerto competition. And I I, you know, my my second flute player, this girl with long red nails, she said, I'm entering the competition. And back then we all spoke with Southern drawl because this was in Houston. And I thought to myself, well, if she's entering, maybe I should enter too. I had never had a flute lesson in my life. I ended up winning the competition. And that meant first prize got to go to Aspen on full fellowship. I was 13. The youngest people admitted to Aspen were the age limit and still is, I think, 18. So anyway, I hopped on over to Aspen. Yes, for nine weeks. It was so, and then my life changed. I mean, absolutely. I studied with Albert Tipton, principal flutist, had been of the Detroit, then of the St. Louis, or maybe I have the order wrong. Also had played in the Philly Orchestra, uh, studied with William Kincaid, was a colleague of Julius Baker, was a rice professor. Anyway, so I studied with him. I met uh, Isaac Stern on my way to Baskin Robbins. And then I became buddies with uh, David Stern, his son, conductor, now conductor, pianist back then. I also met Itzhak Perlman. Itzhak Perlman was my idol. And I met him. He was at the same Baskin Robbins with Isaac Stern. So anyway, it just changed my life. It really it gave me gave my life purpose. It gave my life magic to be in Aspen in the mountains, so inspired and the beautiful music with such an amazing teacher. And this, it was it was it was where my life became magic. I mean, and then I I just started just 
putting on my magic glasses. And I just thought, okay, no, my magic with my magic wand, do you see, which is my flute, which is also, <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a story. Here's another story. Um, the name Viviana, did you know that my father named me after the tales of King Arthur? There was a character Vivian in the story and Vivian is Merlin's mistress. She is the lady of the lake and the bearer of Excalibur. So that's when I embraced the whole story of uh, King Arthur, of being, of going into magic land, of having my magic wand, my sword in hand, and starting to go to Aspen. Well, you know, I saw so my life changed and I, I was like, okay, my whole goal in life was to go back to Aspen. So I practiced really, really, really hard. And I won again. And again, and again, and again, I, and they gave me the full fellowship for 10 summers in a row. Unbelievable. I have to interject in here because I do remember that my, then I had another second flute player. Her name was Jennifer Whitman and she went to Tanglewood and she used to tell me about Amy Porter. <laughs> and I used to ask her, well, well, so, so. So how is she? What 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 is she playing? And I, I just used to, and she said, Oh, she's very good. <laughs> so that's when I first heard about Amy Porter. I started off being a little more pre-medi, um, I, with a vision that I was going to be a neurosurgeon. I, I I just thought I got that into my head. So I, I went to Rice University and I thought I would get an all-around education with the thought that I would you know, do more science classes. And I, I took oceanography, I took acoustics, I took all these other, you know, well, acoustics is kind of musical, but, but, you know, more, more um, psychology, they, they tell you, or they force you, <laughs> they make you take all these other classes. And I took also uh, biology and uh, chemistry, which, well, anyway, so, but then I was saved because I auditioned for the Houston Grand Opera. And I won it. I won the freaking audition. And I just thought, oh, my word. I, I mean, I was a, a sophomore maybe in or maybe a junior. I can't remember. And I just I, with that, I, I was just dumbfounded. I thought, really? And then I thought, well, OK, if I if I join this organization, then maybe that means I need need to major in music and I need to go to Juilliard. And that's it. So I had no plan B. So all of a sudden I switched everything and I only applied to Juilliard. And thank goodness I got in because it was the only the only option I had. <laughs> oh, and then what I happened. Oh, so then my Juilliard audition is really funny too, because I get to the audition and I play, I don't know, uh, the, I play the solo, I play whatever they want. I think it was two solos or something. And then they looked at me and says, okay, how about some orchestral excerpts? And I went, what orchestral excerpts? <laughs> I had no idea. Well, what and had you said, played? Wait, I have a question. Yeah. What had you played at your Houston Grand Opera audition? Well, no, I just wasn't ready to play excerpts at the Juilliard audition. I had only practiced solo. But because I had orchestral background and Aspen, the Houston Youth Symphony Orchestra, and then the Houston Grand Opera, I played Midsummer Night's Dream, memorized because I didn't have the music. I just on the spot nailed it. And I think that's why I got into Juilliard because 
they could see I was completely unprepared or I didn't bring the music. I didn't know. I guess I, I said, what? Orchestral excerpts? I was completely not. But anyway, I was able to, you know, and I think I, I impressed them because of that, actually. So kind of how have you determined what you can and can't do? Is that through just your attitude, your identity? That's such a fabulous question, because I think it's it's very important. I mean, we humans as a just a general, we're so powerful. And so often we overlook this power. And what life has taught me is it's almost like I have I've, I've very, I'm very much in tune with my I'm going to sound really woo woo here, very new agey, my higher self. So you know that I'm I'm always I'm very much into meditation and right now I even have a dream podcast if you haven't I didn't know I don't know if you know that but um, where I analyze and with my colleagues um, dreams because I'm just really into the subconscious mind and programming it well in the same way that we program in a way um, our music by playing a scale and it has to be these certain notes and in a certain way and we do it a million times until it's absolutely perfect the same is true with just our attitude in life so i whenever someone blocks me you can't walk i immediately look for another way around it i look for the hole i look for the open window i look for the back door there's gotta be i, I get creative i before falling asleep i think okay how can i do this this has got to be, this is doable. So, and I go into it and I figure out how to do it. So, and, and it's no big secret. It's no, I just read, this is how I've lived my whole life. I don't take no for an answer or I, I just take no for now, maybe, but I always find another way. <laughs> and I think that we all have this power and it's, it's not about it. We, we can't dwell in the depression. I think, you know, we've all had our difficult years, our challenges, physical and mental in every way, but those are temporary. You have to let that go and then move forward. And that's just so important. And that's what I feel is kind of my life mission is to, to spread this. I mean, it's all things I think that we all know, but we may, you know, things get, uh, in our in our head that not oh but you know oh it's raining today or no it's too messy today or we focus on the roadblocks but no we have to move beyond the roadblocks get creative we are creative beings and we are happiest when we are creating that's for sure so just tap into the inner creativity tap into your inner well especially while before falling asleep it's such a golden time it's it's the time and in, even even into our dreams to our dreams show us so much wisdom and i just love gathering those pearls every night it's 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 phenomenal i'll take a commercial break here to remind you that the anatomy of sound workshop you know and love has found a new home online it's called aos-wellness and we are here for you as a faculty to provide resources and products for arts educators and performing artists. Join for six months or one year and get our five changing channels every month, plus the back content from previous months. Those channels are wisdom, movement, meditation, 
breathing, and practice. So after this show, you can go to porterflute.com slash AOS and learn more. You can opt in for our seven-day trial and get access to my popular focus sheet, along with all of the wisdom we're bringing to you from our amazing faculty, only at The Anatomy of Sound. So what do we tell the listener who is stuck, who is stuck and limited and saying, hey, but I have this condition or hey, and it's not an excuse. It's actually a condition. So what do we do to help? I I don't even I don't I don't even go to the condition. I don't give the the condition in quotes any power whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned, I I am completely normal. Um, In fact, I'm more than normal. I'm bionic now as a result of all my surgeries. And I have so much inner strength because all my challenges, what the number one thing that they teach is resilience, discipline, um, go-getiveness. I mean, challenges are made to be embraced. Challenges are made to move through and beyond and convert into something magnificent. Challenges or limitations are to be broken, are to be to to move beyond. Um, they're to break through. Uh, challenge is an opportunity. And I love challenges. I've learned to embrace them. And and the more challenging, I mean, I don't know. I think most people know by now. I'm just going to segue into what happened in my 2020. We all had a very, very difficult 2020. I mean, everybody, the whole planet. Okay. We were all in deep transformation. I was driving along. I was, you know, letting somewhat letting my my touring life go, which I was so attached to, right? I was at home and I was driving in my husband's convertible down the highway coast, enjoying the breeze in my hair. And all of a sudden, at 50 miles an hour, I was in this horrible head-on collision. I don't remember any of it. It blocked my 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 memory. It broke my femur the largest bone in the body. Most animals, when you break their femur, that's the end of them. They die. I was in a near-death situation. It took my, it took my face. My, it, it, uh, I have a huge scar on my, on my cheek now. And it took my left eye. I have trauma-induced glaucoma now. I went from traveling the planet. I had been, you know, playing as a soloist in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, in Zacatecas, Mexico. I had done a 10-concert tour of all over South America, just minutes, literally, that in the early part of 2020. It was all, and then shh, I was completely stopped, and I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. It was going from Mach 9 speeds, the speed of sound, to snail's pace. And I thought, oh, okay. Wow, this is different. But what an opportunity. Okay, what is life like in this new space? Huh. I have more time to meditate. Yeah, I love to meditate. I have more time to analyze my dream. So 
I, I, I started diving into the dream podcast. I have more time to just spend time with my mother who's aging my, my, my husband who I never spent this much time with before. So I just dove into everything that was beautiful about my new situation stuck in a way in bed. (laughs) But so it wasn't fun and it is a challenge. I mean, when you have something that severe happen to you, it, it really challenges, especially your self-worth, your self um, confidence. It goes back under, like I thought, oh my God, my face is ruined. How am I going to, and I was supposed to do something for NFA and it was through Zoom and I didn't know how to cover up my scar yet and I didn't know what to do. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to talk about my accident. And it was the first time I talked about my accident during this, uh, I think it's a world music thing that I had to do, world flutes for NFA. So little by little, I came out of it and I just thought, okay, I'm going to emerge. And this is part of the self-talk. I'm going to emerge. And I remember telling Rena Urso about this. She messaged me and I that was the moment that I th- said, okay, no, I'm fine. Now is the birth of Viviana 2.0. I'm going to be even better, even faster, even stronger, even more magical. I mean, you know, it's just... Uh, it's just the kind of thing that I, I love to embrace. And I love to talk about because I think we all have this power. We all have this strength in it within us. If we don't dwell on the negative, just focus. It's very easy. Just focus on the positive every single day, every moment of the day, every second of the day and positive. So attitude mixed with attitude of gratitude, right? So turning, and my newest phrase, which I love to talk about is turning, going from tragic to magic, because that's exactly what it is. Talk about, let's talk about the whales. What drew you into the water with a plastic flute? (laughs) Well, the thing is that since I was, um, you know, my, the doctors have always prescribed swimming. So when I was a young kid, I was on a swim team from early age. They also just, by the way, they prescribed Middle Eastern dance, which focuses on the hip muscles. So I was also a belly dancer for many years. And I used to do my belly dance on the stage. Back to the whale. So I swim in my ocean, which is right here, just a couple steps away. And I love uh, just open water swimming. I love that. I don't like chlorine. I love just just tasting the salt water in my mouth. Salt water is very healing. It's so healing just energetically in every way. If you have any kind of cut or something, just jump into the water and it's just so healing. So I was just swimming along. I have my pod my swim team sort of people that I swim with. And all of a sudden the whales arrived in Half Moon Bay and they were in my swimming lane. And I, I, and I, a friend of mine just said, you know, did you see the whales? Or she asked me, did you see the whales while I was swimming? I said, no, I can't really see much while I'm, you know, and it's not Hawaii where the waters are clear. It's a little more uh, murky here. And then 
she said, you got to get on top of a stand-up paddleboard. Then you'll be able to see the whales. And I thought, okay, let's do it. So we went out on our stand-up paddleboards and we had so many experiences with all these whales. I have smelled whale breath, for example. So so I started bringing my, a plastic, well, a plastic flute that I ordered on Amazon. So I put it in my wetsuit and I would just play a note. I would play, and the whale would go, or maybe it was vice versa because the whale would go, and then I would play. So I love to think, again, I'm putting on my magic glasses. It's a bit of extreme, but I like to think of it this way, that I was communicating and singing and playing with the whales on my stand-up paddleboard. It was so magical. I mean, I remember going out once, I think there were four of us ladies, all ladies on our stand-up paddleboards and the whales just rose in between all of us taking their breath. And then I would play. And we all were just like, oh my God, this is it's just, it's just mind-blowing experience, earth-shattering. I mean, how many people have smelled whale breath? How many people have heard whale song while they're breathing? I mean, it, it, the whole thing was just magical, deeply, deeply spiritual. And so I just kept doing this because it was so amazing. And it was around the same time that that GoPros became popular. So so my friend Nicole and I decided one day we would go out with our GoPros and I had a GoPro on my chest and she had hers on her her forehead. And that day, you know, it was a beautiful day here in Half Moon Bay. And this enormous whale gave me a kiss. Right. And it's on it's on my YouTube. It's got more than a billion million views on it. But that was I sent it in to the local NBC station. I used to work at a PR firm when I was at Juilliard, so I know a little bit about PR. So I sent it in, and all of a sudden, I was on my way. I remember I was I was on the plane to Chile because I was playing in the Chilean flute festival. And I when I landed, I had my my all my mailboxes had exploded. I mean, um, I had mailboxes I didn't even know I had messages. Everyone, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, uh, Huffington Post, German TV, uh, Argentinian TV, Japanese TV. Uh, you name. I mean, it was the whole planet wanted wanted my video, wanted to air my video. So I signed up with Storyful. Uh, also, these video agencies, they all want your video too. And I ended up making a ton of like thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. And it's still like just this year, Japanese TV asked me to re-air the thing. And I got another two grand from that, two thousand euros. They played me in euros for some reason, even though it was Japan. <laughs> anyway, it just went bananas. And it's just... um. I don't know. It's just one of those things. My, my my life has been very intense. It's about huge ups and huge downs. But I'll take the downs because the ups are so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not alone. I mean, I think all of our lives, uh, we all have great, great challenges, s- huge hurdles to overcome physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever your hurdle is. I just, I feel like I'm here to to tell you, just 
move through it. You can do it. Put it in your brain that you will do it. You are doing it. And then either either go through creatively, find the back door, find another way to float through your goal because you can do it. Just set your mind to it and you can do it. So Viviana, could you explain the challenge of starting this amazing online magazine called The Flute View? <laughs> I'm a subscriber. I was a subscriber from the first ep- uh, uh, edition. <laughs> so after NFA, I had just met Fluter Scooter and she was just starting her flute bag thing, uh, otherwise known as Andrea Fisher and Barbara Cecil. And we we had gotten to. I don't know. We just met at NFA and then thought, let's do it. We're going to create an online flute magazine and uh, we're going to call it The Flute View and we're going to have a podcast and this whole thing. So month, just a couple months later, I think by November or maybe September after, just a couple months after NFA in August, we were up and running. <laughs> and it's just been fabulous ever since. Yeah, and now 50,000 subscribers or viewers on Instagram for the Flute View, which is 50,000 for a flute entity. It's it's We're doing pretty good. <laughs> Talk about your Healing Dreams Project podcast. The Healing Dreams came out of my uh, challenging year of 2020, where I was stuck in bed. And had all this time. <laughs> so I started uh, and I, I felt like I've always been in a dream, in dream circles. But my dream circles were all in person. And because I, I had gone through the car accident, I couldn't go to a dream circle. So I started looking for an online dream circle. And that's where I found Billy Ortiz. And through her Zoom dream circles, I just started joining them and I found it so wonderful and so uplifting and, and I just love exploring the subconscious mind and love exploring dreams and the messages that they have. That after a year of joining her groups, I suggested to her, I said, why don't, why don't you do a podcast and I can help you produce it because I've already done this, you know? And so that's, that was the, I think a year later after I had joined the, the dream groups, that's when we started with the podcast and we've done, I don't know, we are up to, I'd say oh, nearly 40 episodes. We did, we, we just went live March of 2022. So we've been pretty, <laughs> pretty, uh, what's the word? <laughs> prolific. Yes. Prolific. That's wonderful. Congratulations. And I love the podcast world because I always say it, you can stumble upon it and you can be there or you don't have to be there if you don't want to be there. Uh, yeah, exactly. I learn a lot. I laugh a lot. Uh, I'm moved a lot. Um, so podcast world, uh, it's a lot of effort, but it's worth it. I I agree with you. I agree. And I, as a listener, I, that's all I listen to. I don't listen to music necessarily when I'm driving. I just listen to podcasts. So 
um, I, th- I think there are a lot of us out there that that appreciate podcasting, and I I love it too because I love the exchange of ideas through through speaking. It's like having a phone conversation, you know, that others are kind of uh, listening in on. Let me take one more opportunity to introduce you to the anatomy of sound where you can do a 34 minute yoga class or several different meditations all for free. You can see more of our content at AOS hyphen wellness. And if you're on our Porter flute website, it's porterflute.com slash AOS. Check us out for memberships and products that help their performing artists and arts educators. What are your New Year's goals? Don't know yet. Don't know yet. I think I'll meditate on it. Yes. That's what I do. I always write down. I'm always very focused on what it is I want to create next or the energy behind what I want more in my life. And that's how I've unraveled my life is just by following that little thread of inspiration of what it is I want to manifest. I'm always very aware and I'm always diving into it. So I love new years for this, this reason, because it, it, it forces us all to sort of look back on what we've done and look forward to what we want next. Happy new year. Happy new year, dear. Learn more about Viviana at VivianaGuzman.com or FlutesByTheSea.com or check out her two podcasts, The Flute View and Healing Dreams Project. You can find this podcast at PorterFlute.com. That's the new website for the show. AmyPorter.com has been revamped. So you can go there and click on Umish FAQs or Porter's Curriculum to learn more. You can find me as PorterFlute and Anatomy of Sound on Facebook and YouTube. And on Instagram, I'm Porter Flute and AOS Wellness. Thanks for being in Porter Flute Pod. I'm so grateful for you.